This is a podcast by The Business Times. Welcome to Property BT, a new podcast series by The Business Times. I'm Senior Correspondent Leslie Yee, and I'll be your host as we gather insights on all things Singapore property to help you in your property investment journey. Today, we look at what property investors should do in the wake of the property cooling measures introduced late last year. The COVID-19 pandemic brought enormous economic damage to Singapore and the world. But some sectors thrive through the pandemic. Private home prices here rose over 14% between Q1 2020 and Q4 2021. Interest rates were low, economies were being propped up, jobs were being saved, people wanted homes of their own. Singapore is a safe haven. Voila, the home market started to sizzle and some new launches sold like hotcakes. The government here is both a friend and a foe in the private home market. Government efforts to transform the economy, attract investments, improve infrastructure and ensure stability give people confidence that Singapore property will appreciate in the long term. But the government can be very proactive in trying to manage the residential property market. It does not want prices to run ahead of economic fundamentals and is mindful of any bubble forming. On 16 December 2021, the additional buyer stamp duty rate or ABSD rose by between 5 to 15 percentage points for all home buyers except Singapore citizens and permanent residents buying their first home. Citizens now pay 17% ABSD for buying a second home and 25% ABSD for buying a third and subsequent home. For example, a citizen buying a $1 million second home pays $170,000 in ABSD plus buyer stamp duty, which is much more than the cost of a certificate of entitlement to buy a car. The total debt servicing ratio threshold was also tightened. Additionally, the government is increasing public and private housing supply. Cooling measures have halted the rise in private home prices based on data for Q1 2022. Volume of new home sales in the first quarter fell sharply year on year. Will home prices fall? Let's hear from Dr. Tan T. Kun, Country Manager, Property Guru, Singapore. The residential property segment remains optimistic if one takes a longer-term horizon to investment. Considering the prospect of capital appreciation rather than rental yield, all things being equal. According to our first quarter 2022 Singapore Property Market Report, the Singapore Property Sale Price Index, which tracks asking prices of property sale listings on Property Guru Singapore, saw a 5.07% quarter on quarter increase. This upward trajectory is expected to continue based on URA flash estimates demonstrating the resilience of the residential property segment, albeit at a more gradual pace. Private properties in the outside central region and core central region ranked high by rental yield across all property types, as shared in our latest PMI report. In particular, OCR properties typically have a higher rental yield, as properties are generally bought at more affordable prices. So one could consider a choice investment in this geographical region. The other property segment to watch out for would be commercial properties, especially retail and shop houses, where both additional buyer stamp duty and seller stamp duty don't apply for multiple property owners. These property types appear to have made a comeback to the market with increasing rental contracts 
over the last two years, despite the pandemic. The same can be said for retail rental contracts, the number of which peaked in the fourth quarter of 2021 over the past decade. Finally, a caution for those thinking of investing in overseas properties. The yields may be attractive, however, it will be prudent to have wholesome advice and due diligence done as the property landscape and corresponding legal framework are vastly different from Singapore's. Perhaps prospects for Singapore homes remain good if we take a long-term view. Developers are still paying lofty prices to buy land in 2022, and construction costs keep rising, so there can be upward pressure on home prices. Possibly no luck then for those waiting for home prices to fall sharply so they could buy their dream home for a song. Interesting suggestion by Dr. Tan to look at homes in OCR or the outside central region, basically the suburbs. One can get a better yield and prices are more affordable in the OCR. Certainly in recent times, prices in OCR have risen much faster than in prime areas and the impact of foreigners being inactive in the residential market because of high ABSD rates may be felt more in prime areas than in the suburbs. Perhaps the suburbs are being deservedly re-rated upwards. Transport has improved with new MRT lines. Many suburbs have great amenities, be it malls, healthcare facilities, childcare facilities, recreational facilities. There are many offices in areas such as Jurong and Tampines, the Pongo Digital District will progressively open from 2024 and has attracted commitments from global companies to set up bases there. One can get a high-quality living environment in the suburbs and there are developers who are building premium projects in the suburbs. As ABSD does not apply to commercial properties, maybe investors should consider commercial properties. Agreeing with Dr Tan that commercial properties are worth looking at is Tyson Yuk. Associate Group Director, Propnex Singapore. If you are looking to invest in residential property, then you will need to consider the cost of purchase, which is what is uh, implemented recently on the cooling measures, uh, ABSD, and also the cost of holding, which is the property tax. The increase of property tax is very significant. So if you purchase a 1.5 million property and let's say this property give you a 2% rental yield and the annual value assuming is at 30,000. So currently you will be paying $3,000 of property tax. But in two years time, you will be paying 3,006. So as such, this type of property will not be as significant of difference. But if you are looking to purchase a $5 million residential property, and let's assume it's uh, giving you a 2% rental yield and the annual value is 100000 Now, that is a big difference. Instead of paying $34,000 at current, in two years' time, you will be paying 62000 That translates to $5,100 per month. And bear in mind, you are only renting about eight to 9000 the max 10000 So the cost is almost half of a rental. One would need to take note of this. The other segment is uh, commercial real estate has actually appreciated a lot recently. One of my Malaysian clients who purchased a pair of shop house 10 years ago at 10 mil now easily worth 30 million and the price has kept going up. But is it saying that there's no uh, opportunity ahead? There is. So the basic rule, if you purchase any commercial real estate, 
for $1,000 PSF of the purchase price, you must be confident you can rent out a $2 PSF. If you follow this rule, buying a commercial real estate will be a very safe underlying asset for you to hedge against the inflation. Property yields in Singapore are skinny. Good point by Tyson to watch out for how higher property taxes that kick in in 2023 and 2024 can eat into rental income, especially of more pricey homes. Indeed, with Singapore needing to spend ever more on healthcare amid an aging population, the risk is that homeowners, especially investors, may have to bear a larger tax burden going forward. Inflation is raging everywhere. Cost of petrol, utilities, food are rising. One's money is just not stretching all that far these days. A dollar today could be worth much less in 10 years' time. So investors should look for investments that hedge against inflation. Look for safe investments that can enjoy price appreciation. Possibly consider commercial real estate as Tyson suggests, though the sums needed to buy shop houses may be out of reach of many people. Also, one may need to spend on capital expenditure and be good at property management to succeed as a commercial landlord. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. We have talked about how prospects of private homes here should be fine in the long term. Still, investors may want to look at other property segments, such as commercial real estate. I think one way to play on commercial real estate here is to invest in real estate investment trusts or REITs that are listed on the Singapore Exchange. For example, Capital Land Integrated Commercial Trust provides good exposure to many high-quality office and retail properties here. One needs to pay the manager a fee, but in return, one gets professional management of the assets. As Singapore opens up, more people are heading back to office buildings. With more visitor arrivals and relaxation and restrictions on dining in, malls may enjoy an uptick in shopper traffic and sales. So there can be positive momentum for rental and occupancy in the commercial property space, albeit the gains may largely accrue to high-quality spaces. Are there other property segments that are interesting? Let's hear from Wong Sien Yang, Head of Research Singapore, Cushman and Wakefield. The real estate is often seen as an hedge against inflation. Performance across assets would differ due to different supply-demand dynamics. Properties that face overwhelming demand but with little new supply with a stronger pricing power and would be able to pass on most or all of increased costs to their end users. Some properties have higher operating costs due to the nature of their business. For example, retail malls due to their white talent mix and higher lighting and energy requirements tend to have higher operating costs as compared to offices. As such, assets that would outperform in the current inflationary environment are those with strong pricing power, relatively low operating costs, and are energy efficient given rising energy prices. My top pick would be Prime Logistics. Rents have gone up strongly in the first quarter this year as supply has become super tight and demand is supported by prevailing tailwinds such as e-commerce growth and digital transformation. While industrial valuations look rich, we still expect further upside. Investors may consider looking at older sites with redevelopment potential. Great A offices are also another sector to watch. A flight to quality amidst limited supply is pushing vacancy rates lower. 
and net demand is expected to remain strong this year and exceed 2021 levels. For both of these segments, rents are expected to rise by about 5%, higher than forecast inflation of about 3% for 2022. Xian Yang's top pick is Prime Logistics. He may be right. I live in a household where I'm constantly bombarded by the arrival of parcels. Yes, my household, like many, are savvy and active online shoppers. E-commerce looks set for continued growth. The young are digital natives and the old are becoming more adept with using digital tools. And many people enjoy the convenience of online shopping. However, not many of us have the money or expertise to own and operate a modern warehouse. To get logistics property exposure, one may have to invest in REITs such as Maple Tree Logistics Trust, which owns logistics real estate in Singapore, Hong Kong, Japan, China, Australia, South Korea, Malaysia, Vietnam, and India. Good point by Xian Yang to look out for rising operating costs, property assets amid higher inflation, as cost increases can eat into profit margins. Increasingly, the way to go for building owners should be to go green, as this is what tenants want, and this can also help reduce utility bills. Perhaps the Singapore property investor may prosper by venturing abroad, get diversification and better yield. Let's hear from Christine Yu, CEO, International Property Advisors. The war in Europe is affecting the global economy with record high energy prices and supply chain disruptions. New problems may emerge from China, where a new COVID surge has started to disrupt production and major manufacturing hubs, as they already have in Ukraine and Russia. In an environment where the pandemic is still raging, growing inflation, higher interest rates, higher volatility and uncertainty, investors should exercise extra caution and set aside a healthy cushion of liquid assets. Even if the war in Europe stopped today, real estate-related costs will continue to increase over the next two years. For example, GST, property tax, material costs, labour costs, etc. With higher costs and higher risks, investors should demand higher yields and higher returns from their investments. In view of the above, Singapore's 2-3% to rental returns can barely cover the cost of increased bank charges and operating expenses. Investors should consider the safer, well-established overseas markets which provide better returns, such as Australia and Japan. I especially like Japan, where key gateway cities, for example, Tokyo and Osaka, are still yielding around 4-5%, to and yen interest rates remain very low. With the yen exchange rate at a 5-year low against the Singapore dollar, investors should consider investing in Japan. Could Christine be right that the risk-reward for investing in Singapore property might not make sense? Some REITs, for example, have been adding more overseas assets to their portfolios in order to improve their yield. Many Singaporeans have an affinity for Japanese food and for travelling to Japan. So perhaps it is not too much of a stretch to extend this affinity for Japan to buying property in Japan where one can get a decent yield. However, it is worth bearing in mind what Dr. Tan said earlier in this podcast about being cautious over investing in overseas properties, as the property landscape and legal framework in other countries can differ from that in Singapore. There are also issues such as managing currency risks and taxation to consider. Also, if one is a residential landlord of an overseas property, can one manage tenant issues effectively? I once owned an overseas property. I was fortunate that I had a reliable ex-colleague turned friend who could help me with looking after my unit. This could range from handling the keys when there was a change in tenant to dealing with contractors doing minor works to dealing with the estate agents. 
I think we have gotten a range of different ideas on what opportunities to consider in the property space. A purchase of any physical property is often a big-ticket item that requires plenty of due diligence. Choosing what to invest in also depends to a high degree on one's comfort level in a particular investment instrument and sector. Keep up with trends, do your homework, so you can pounce when a good deal crops up. This is the one key takeaway. Property can be an important part of an investment portfolio. From history to beyond, people seek great spaces to live, work and interact in. Sure, some buildings can become obsolete and irrelevant, but real estate will continue to play a vital role in human life. In an inflationary environment, real estate can provide recurring income to help us cope with living longer and hedge against inflation. Hopefully, the capital gains run at or ahead of inflation so one can be better off in real terms. And that's a wrap for this edition of Property BT. I'm Leslie Yee. Do join us for the next episode where we do a deep dive into what is happening in the residential market post the property cooling measures and probe whether there's hope for residential on-block hopefuls. Thank you for listening. That was a podcast by The Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Do note, all analyses, opinions, recommendations and other information in this podcast are for your general information only. You should not rely on them in making any decision. Please consult a fully qualified financial advisor or professional expert for independent advice and verification. To the fullest extent permitted by law, SPH Media shall not be liable for any loss arising from the use of or reliance on any analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast. SPH Media accepts no responsibility or liability whatsoever that may result or arise from the products, services, or information of any third parties.